Hello, I'm Tammy Tony Butler. Welcome to Reflective Hour. I'm your host today, but we all know who your host is, and that's Christ. Christ who is living and breathing. He is alive in all of us as his believers, his true church. Those that know his voice, his whisper. Those that worship in spirit and in truth. Holy Spirit, I invite you into this hour, into this time that we have together to reflect. To reflect on what you want us to know as we go forward to weather yet another storm, to get through another day, to get through another minute even, because sometimes that's all you can do is live minute by minute. Just relax and rest. Rest on the promises of his rest in him. For he is waiting, waiting for you to come to him as a comforter, as a help, as an advocate. He set me free and set you free. Let's see what he has for us today. As we grab our coffee or grab our tea, As we get comfortable and let him guide us. So come to you today with a word, a word to help all of those of you who are doubting, doubting that the promises. He spoke over your life will come true. Doubting that you're on your purposeful path. Doubting that financial security will come. Those of you who serve with all of your capacity yet still see a drought in your finances, in your circumstances. You're facing trials, tribulation even, in some parts of the world, persecution. But he is with you. He is with you. Because he is the light, and he's in the light. He wants you not to doubt. He wants you to know that he has you. And even in your darkest hour, he is with you. He bore that shame, that guilt, that depression, that anxiety. He bore so many things for us 
because they go along with sin. They go along with past hurts, generational soul ties, ties to the darkness instead of the light. And he wants you to see him as he's in the light. Don't look at your circumstances. Look at him. Are you going to be someone who doubts? Or are you going to be someone that holds steadfast in their faith? Even when they see no way out of a situation. They know they need a miracle. They must have the mighty move of God to change, to change their circumstances, their life. Their child, maybe, that's struggling with addiction. Their husband, who has an anger problem. The person they work it's so difficult to sit next, beside, next to, but they have to because they're the provider for their family. How many of you are balancing the call that God has placed on your life, the charity that he birthed inside of you? You're struggling, trying to do his work, even turning your own homes into the house for your charity, his charity, to do what he's called you to do, to feed the orphans, to feed the hungry, to feed the widows, to watch out for those that are oppressed, depressed, cast away by society. How many of you are struggling? Giving of yourself so much that you have no living water to pour out to others as there's such a drought. There were doubters in the Bible. There were times that we all doubt. Even as believers, we doubt. We're, you know, we're flesh. We wrestle against spirits and spirits come at us. And every day you should put your body armor on as it says in Ephesians 6. You put your body armor on. You plead the blood of Jesus over your life, over your finances, over that drought. And you refuse to cater to that doubt. And as we look in the Bible and we go to Luke, we look in Luke 1, when Mary visits Elizabeth, There were doubters. There's been doubters. When we look back, Abraham, when God told him he would be a father in old age, he had doubt. That's in Genesis 17, 17. Sarah, when she heard she would be a mother in old age, Genesis 18, 12. Moses, when God told him to return to Egypt to lead the people, Exodus 3, 10. To 15. The Israelites, whenever they faced difficulties in the desert, Exodus 16, 1 to 3. Gideon, when told he would be judge and leader, 
Judges 6, 14 through 23. Zechariah, when told he would be a father in old age, Luke 1, 18. And Thomas, when told Jesus had risen from the dead, John 20, 24 to 25. Many of the people God used to accomplish great things started out as real doubters. With all of them, God showed great patience. Honest doubt was not a bad starting point as long as they didn't stay there. How great a part does doubt have in your willingness to trust God, to follow God, to change your circumstances even? Are you in an abusive marriage, a relationship? Are you tethered to something that you know is destroying you? Are you doubting that you can break off addiction? Are you doubting that you can break off other darkness, other dark areas of your life, maybe even a porn addiction? Do not have doubt. Christ is with you, and he can save you. He's, he's there. He's waiting to do a work in us. And the first step is to stretch out our hand for healing. To seek him, to seek the cross. When Mary said, from now on all generations will call me blessed, was she being proud? No, she was recognizing and accepting the gift God had given her. If Mary had denied her incredible position, she would have been throwing God's blessing back at him. Pride is refusing to accept God's gifts or taking credit for what God has done. Humility is accepting the gifts and using them to praise and serve God. Don't deny, belittle, or ignore your gifts. Thank God for them and use them to his glory. And we look at in Luke 1, and we start uh, with Luke 139, Mary visits Elizabeth. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, mm, I love the reading, to read the word, it's so yummy. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought them down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. 
He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. And then it goes on to say, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. What does that speak to you? Does that erase your doubt? For God keeps his promise. He will come through. He will see you through that desert experience, that wilderness experience. You will experience his goodness and all that he has to offer. But you have to put the kingdom of God first. When he tells you to take up your cross and follow me, are you obeying or are you rebelling? What has he asked you to do that you've said no to? because of your bank account balance, your credit card balance. Today is Giving Tuesday, and there are nonprofits out there that are struggling, that are trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And yet, so many are not tithing, not even $5. Nothing. If you can't be the hands and feet, maybe he's called you to be the provider of the provision to help someone get out of that drought, to help someone carry on despite the obstacles in their place. What is he saying to you today? Are you, is he saying open your wallets and contribute to his children? Is he saying to trust him if you're one of those nonprofits that's waiting on that donation to come in so that you can balance your books and pay the creditors, keep the food coming in to feed the hungry? feed his children, to serve them when they come to you from heat for healing? Are you one of them that has answered the call and is waiting and trusting and hoping and believing that your miracle's coming and that door is opening? Are you refusing to have doubt? Are you praising him in the middle of your own storm? That's what we have to do. We have to praise him. We have to trust. We have to obey and surrender. We have to have faith and refuse to cater to the doubt. Refuse to give in to those negative thoughts in our mind and the devil saying, you're not going to make it. You can't do it. We can't doubt forever. We have to move into the position of trust, 
blind, steadfast, obedient trust, knowing that he's coming through, knowing that that door is opening, knowing that that miracle is coming, knowing without a doubt that he's got us protected and tucked under his wing. This was not the message I had intended. But when I was reflecting on all the troubled times, all the hard times, when I didn't know how I would keep the ministry going, and there was no money, there was no money, and I was facing a drought, I had to trust. And sure enough, every time a donation would come right in, that would carry us through a little longer and a little longer and a little longer because his, everything we have is his. Many of you know I sold everything to follow God. Our house on the golf course, our sailboat, so many things. And he moved us to this 10-acre parcel of land and this beautiful lake. And it's like Psalm 23 has come alive with the steel waters and the green pastures. But it's more than that um, for me. He fulfilled a promise. Because as a survivor of trauma, as someone who had complex PTSD and Christ set her free, when he calls you into the uncomfortable, the unknown, then that sense of, you having to control everything can pop up. And I realized I never had control over anything. I was a child. I couldn't control what happened to me. I couldn't control that my mother allowed me to be victimized, hurt, sold, used as a commercial product to get the rent paid. I could not control any of that. So many are facing those trials today that we can't control. And when we get in circumstances to where we are out of control and know that someone else must deliver us out of Egypt, that we have to rely on God Almighty, that he's the only one, Christ is the only one that can deliver us from addiction, that can deliver us from depression, that can deliver us from bondage. That's calling us to have trust. A lot of us have a hard time trusting. Trusting a father because we never had one. Or the one that we had abandoned us. Or was an alcoholic and abuser. So we have that orphan spirit. That spirit of abandonment that runs so deep that affects every decision we make. And I rebuke and bind it in the name of Jesus and cast it into the pit. I rebuke and call back any lie ever spoken over your life in the name of Jesus. For you're fearfully, beautifully, and wonderfully made daughters and sons of the King. You can be made whole. You can step into the uncomfortable. When my husband and I sold our home, we had nowhere to go. We didn't know where we were headed. Fortunately and grateful, we were able to move into his parents for a time. I'd never lived with anyone since the abuse, and I had promised 
that I would not be hurt again, especially after I got out of a, another abusive marriage or relationship. I knew that I had to control my environment and surroundings. Yet, here's God calling me to let it all go, that facade of control. And then he stripped me of all my income. I was not nursing anymore or very, very little as a sexual assault nurse examiner. I was making below the poverty because I chose to. I chose to follow him, to trust and obey. And I look at the land, the promises that he's kept. I should not be here, but he fulfilled his promise. He's going to fulfill yours. He will give you exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask for, think, or imagine. But you have to trust and stretch out your hand for healing. Put your foot in the Red Sea. Go where he's calling you to go. Do what he's calling you to do. March to victory. Start that nonprofit. Give to that nonprofit. Give to the one that's calling to you, that you know does good work. The one that's truly the hands and feet of Jesus. Seek him. He's waiting. Repent of your sin. Know that Jesus is the Son of God. That he died on the cross so we could be set free and rose again. He rose again and gained victory over sin. Those of us who've been just existing, spiritually dead, walking around, never truly living. He offers life. He offers hope. He offers trust. Peace, joy, and freedom. Freedom from addiction. Freedom from so many things. Just trust, as I did. And walk blindly and obediently. Rebuke that spirit of rebellion, that spirit of control, that orphan spirit, that abandonment spirit. Let it all go. He died so you could be set free and you don't need to care any of that anymore. Not where he's taking you. Not with that ministry he's birthing inside of you. Not with the work you have left to do for the kingdom. For its harvest season and the laborers are few. Stand firm in the winds of change and see where he blows. You two next. Where will the wind take you? Where will your sails shift? You two. In what direction? Will he guide you? Freedom lies 
in the wind, in the ability to change focus, to shift, to reposition yourselves, to recognize that maybe you're going down a pathway that served you for a season, but doesn't serve you any longer. You have to trust, step out in faith, knowing he will provide, knowing he will provide. He has provided for me on so many occasions. He'll provide. He's the way maker, the truth bearer, the promise keeper. He's Abba Father. He's waiting. Repent, turn back to him, seek him, trust in him, be obedient to him, and believe. No doubt, no doubt, just belief, just faith, because that is what faith is. I've enjoyed our time together on Reflective Hour. Let the Holy Spirit guide you this day and keep you and set you free from the chains of addiction, bondage, darkness, and untether you from anything that is stopping you from walking along that narrow path of righteousness for his name's sake.